baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to another one of these. I'm Austin York. It's America's team. That's Kristen Rines. That's Dylan Reed. I'm Austin York. Once again, we're going to be talking Cowboys, and not a lot has been happening in the world of Cowboys land except OTAs, which was very interesting. We're finally seeing some of these rookies and some of the uh, vets on the same field, what that's going to look like. We're also seeing for the first time or hearing a little bit about Mike McCarthy's offense and what that's going to look like because really it's going to be kind of the same offense, but it's going to be a little different with McCarthy calling the play. So I think that's the biggest concern from what I've been hearing. That seems to be where a lot of the questions are going with Dak Prescott and everything. First of all, uh, I wanted to ask Dylan right off the bat, how do you think this offense this year is going to be different. What's the main difference we're going to see as Cowboy fans? If we're just watching the TV and saying, well, that's going to be different than it was last year with Kellen Moore calling the plays. I think there's two things that stand out to me when, in terms of what's going to be the big difference here. I think for one, and we've already heard it like really early on, I think Mike McCarthy kind of went out of his way even today to address, hey, just so you guys know, this year when I'm calling plays, I'm actively getting Dak involved, which maybe concerns you a little bit because you would think he would have been more involved previously. But McCarthy went out of his way. to No one asked him about it. Out of his way to point out to the media, hey, Dak is just as collaborative within this offensive style and this offensive playbook as I am. He's just as big of a piece, just as big of a part of it as I am. Yeah, That's huge. I think that stands out to me a lot. And not to be a jerk or anything, but I think what will really make a big difference in this offense and I really mean this because I think he, I know that we still have some soft feelings for this guy, but I think not having Zeke as a part of this offense will, quite frankly, make a huge difference because we wasted, in my opinion, a lot of carries on him. And towards the last five, six game of the season, he was one of the most inefficient running backs in the entire league. So I think that'll be huge. And I don't know who exactly will fill that role. We could maybe go into later some guys we think might be able to do that. But even as the roster is built right now, I feel so much better about how it's going to run, both from how the coach is going to call the plays and from the fact that, like I said, not to be a jerk, but no Zeke, I think that's going to really help. And do you I think mean, that that was that hamstrung the Cowboys? Yes. That Zeke was on, and it's just like almost a, well, a feeling we have to give the ball to him uh, to keep him involved somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, justify $9 million or whatever it was last year. So. That's exactly right. Yeah. And what what do you think the biggest difference is going to be there, Tristan? Is there something that stands out to you that says, okay, I like the way McCarthy does this, or this concerns me about McCarthy coming into this season? Well, to kind of piggyback off of the Ezekiel Elliott point, I honestly expect them to be passing the ball a lot more this year. They don't, so not having an Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield means there's probably not going to be as many runs up the middle that you would traditionally have seen over the last, what, four or five years out of Ezekiel Elliott 
Tony Pollard, obviously the drafting of Deuce Vaughn, you know, a later guy. Uh, the backfield that they have currently is not set up to be this, we're going to grind it out, we're going to power it down your throat kind of offense. They got Brandon Cooks this offseason. Michael Gallup should be hopefully healthier hope. uh, going into this upcoming season. They got a couple of guys that they're trying to get more involved into this offense. Um, it, it was Shoemaker as well out of mm-hmm. Michigan, the, the Michigan tight end. They're gearing up this year, in my opinion, and what I'm seeing from just a roster perspective on paper. It looks like it's going to be a team that is not going to be shy about passing the ball 45 times. They're going to put the ball in Dak's hands quite a bit this year. See, I think I think a little bit. I would push back a little bit because I think McCarthy is he's a run guy. He wants to run the ball. That's one of the reasons I think they drafted Schoonmaker out of ten, tight uh, out of Michigan. I mean, the tight end because. He's a blocking guy. I know that they probably wanted another tight end before him, but he was available. He's a blocking guy. I think the run game is going to look different, though. And I think when you watch the run game in a West Coast offense versus what we've been seeing in Dallas the last few years, you a lot of ground and pound kind of thing that you, you mentioned. I think we're going to see the run running backs used quite a bit, just in a different way. I don't know if we're going to see, because Ezekiel Elliott was that pounding back and I don't really know if that was ever really what he was meant to be. I, I mm-hmm. think he was he was always built on his speed. I think he just kind of became that back because he was such a different body type than Tony, than Tony Pollard. So I think the running game is going to be implemented more, actually, but I think it's going to look a little different. I think we're going to see a difference uh, of uh, basically how they're used in that, in that fashion. I wanted to bring this up because I think – pretty highly, and you mentioned the roster. I look at the roster of the Cowboys, and that's one of the things that just the roster alone gets me excited. Is there an area on this team, and I'll start with you, Tristan, that you're most worried about? Is there an area that you don't believe the Cowboys improved this offseason or could be actually lesser than they were last year going in at this time? I mean... From a longevity standpoint, I think it's the offensive line. Now, you didn't have any draft picks. Excuse me. They they drafted one offensive lineman in this year's NFL draft. Uh, Richards, if I'm not mistaken, out of UNC, uh, who's an offensive tackle. He has a body type. He could probably play a little interior. But they didn't really address the offensive line. And health has been a big issue for this Cowboys offensive line for years now. Uh, Tyron Smith at the moment in OTAs has been taking a lot of snaps at right tackle. Terrence Steele still recovering from that ACL. Uh, Tyler Smith taking the the snaps at left tackle. It's going to be a little bit more Swiss Army knife once again, and that just still concerns me. The last couple of years it felt like the Cowboys have kind of lucked out and guys just being able to plug and play would be great. I just don't know that you can keep banking on that. Well, it's worked out before. It's going to have to keep working out. Like You just can't think that agree. Yeah, I I mean I, I think he's right, man. That's that's the one thing is I came out of this draft. I know that the general consensus grade, if you even want to give it a mark, which once again, all very retrospective, right? We'll we'll know in three years what this draft really means. But oh, yeah. you know, I think the general draft grade of like a B to B plus B minus is pretty average. And I think the reason people didn't give it an A is because you kind of come out of this thinking, wait a minute, this team looks good. We like several of these players you picked. We love Deuce Vaughn. We love Mozzie Smith in the middle. You addressed that serious need, but you didn't address what might have been seen as the second biggest need, and it was in my eyes right outside of the interior of the defensive uh, line, and that's your offensive line. I don't care if you drafted a guard or a tackle. 
but to not take either one of those in your first three rounds and to really only take one out of the draft of any significance, that is kind of concerning when you think, it's like Tristan said, you're almost unquestionably going to have to piecemeal this together at some point during the season, and you're implementing a new offense. And I think, too, that you're forgetting about the fact that they do have a new offensive line coach, and this Mm -hmm. guy's been around for a long time back in the Landry days. I'm not suggesting that that's going to drastically change the room, but when a new offense... The tightest unit in the entire organization on a football team is the offensive line. That yeah. is it. You could say whatever quarterback room, running back room, safety room, it doesn't matter. Offensive line is the tightest unit. There needs to be some cohesion. And that's not easy to get. That's why last year I, I really happed off to the coaching staff on that mm-hmm. offensive line for being able to to basically, like I said, patchwork the whole thing through the entire year. But I do think that's going to be a concern I was a little concerned with that as well. I think that's probably the easy one. But I will also give you this one. I'm a little concerned about the linebackers. Mm-hmm. And I know Overshone was drafted, but again, he's not a true linebacker. Damone Clark showed a little flashes at the end of last year. Uh, I, I really hope that he steps up. Vander Esch played his butt off last year, got an extension for that reason or another uh, contract for that reason. But again, he's not you know, not the the guy you want out there in passing situations totally. Micah Parsons isn't really even mm-hmm. – I can't even really he's, quantify him. He, he plays him between, but yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 been, tweener, he's been yeah. kicking butt pass yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's doing all kinds of things. So I don't really it's, – it's hard to really label him. Jabril Cox, I think, is – I don't know what happened to him. I, I had some high hopes him. for him. Yeah. So linebacking is a little bit of a question mark for me. Uh, and I don't really know what they're going to do uh, at that position unless Damone and some of those overshone really start showing some real flashes there, then I guess we won't know. But I, I think they're really expecting that defensive line there to pick up most of that burden and then put some of the safeties up. And I don't really know if they're going to put a whole lot on that linebacking core, at least from now. So maybe that's why they're, what they're thinking. I mean, you can look within their the Cowboys' own division and see a team that does utilize that similar structure, at least, of not mm-hmm. necessarily relying on linebackers. You look at Philly, yes. one of the best pass rushers in football last year, took them all the way to the Super Bowl. If Dallas is able to bring that this year, amazing. You got Stephon yeah. Gilmore and Diggs, and, the, and yeah, the, you got yeah. Curse, and you have a really good secondary to help you know take advantage of those opportunities. But the days that that pass rush just isn't getting there, like you said, the linebackers really do need to be. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was really a little bit surprised. That's why when Nolan Smith was on the board there, I know he was mm-hmm. kind of an edge, but you still thought, hmm, that that could be interesting. Uh, so I, I would say the linebacking. I, I like that defense. I mean, yes. don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I think that defense is is pretty badass. But the linebacking, if if I had to put a question mark on it, that's where I would put a question mark. Yeah, absolutely. On the thing. Another thing with the running back situation, if you were to – Put the top three running backs. Is is Ronald Jones an automatic, I guess, addition to this roster? Is he going to make that 53? Or is this a guy that might be a tweener? I know that – well, I really liked when, when they got him. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know, though, when I look, especially when they got that fullback out of uh, – I think it was North Dakota State uh, in, as an undrafted free agent. I really thought, well, wait a second here. I don't know how many running backs they're going to carry, but – Ronald Jones, to me, is in an, in an obvious position to make that team. Yeah. You know, 
What's interesting, though, is Ronald Jones should make the team. That's what we're hoping, and that's what I hope, too. But I will say just some, and it's really early, right, because we're just getting into OTAs, but I will say things that have been floating out of the star, things we've seen some writers who were close into the star say, this is all very early, I know, but I've seen more than one person who's way more plugged in than I am think that they're, that Ronald Jones is going to get cut flat out. Mm-hmm. He's just going to totally miss the, miss the roster. And I think there's a reason for that. I think there's an untapped market of free agent running backs right now that the Cowboys have their tabs on. And they're thinking to themselves, let's get through the offseason, you know, let's get through the early OTAs, let's try to piece this team together and see what we have. And if we know we're going to move off from Ronald, don't be surprised. And this is, who knows, maybe I'm totally wrong, but I wouldn't be shocked to see the Cowboys acquire another free agent running back here in the next couple weeks. I mean, a guy like Leonard Fournette's just sitting there, and to me that seems like like an obvious, like, instantly becomes your number 2 running back, instantly becomes one of the three running backs in your rotation, significantly better than Ronald Jones. Yeah, and that all depends to me on the price tag. I, I think that, that that's where that would come from. Because, again, it, it's it's similar to Ezekiel Elliott kind mm-hmm. of thing. What does he think he's worth versus what you are going to use him and you think he, what you want to give him, basically. Yeah. You want to give him hardly anything, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's how it works. You were talking about free agents. I think yeah. that's a good uh, little segue here into some free agents. You mentioned Leonard Fournette. There's some guys that are decent names out there that mm-hmm. are guys that have had some productive years. Uh, we've seen DeAndre Hopkins. I know that he's a trade guy, but we talked about, or at least a lot of the attention was paid to him last week about which teams he would like to go to. Are there some free agent names, and I'll start with Tristan here, that you're looking at and going, that could be interesting for the Cowboys, or maybe they should kick the tires on him, see how he would fit. So a little bit older, but Roger Saffold, uh, who played for the Buffalo Bills last year, has floated around the league a couple times, but has been a really solid, savvy veteran, especially along the interior of the offensive line. I think he could be a really interesting piece. Again, I, I we kind of harked on the, the offensive mm-hmm. line earlier. Get some added yeah. veterans. I mean, they, they were able to do wonders with 40 seven-year-old Jason Peters last year or however old he was. Uh, Ben Jones, former Tennessee Titan. Another Tennessee Titan on the market still, Taylor Mm -hmm. Um, There's a number of very good offensive linemen in my eyes that are still available. And you mentioned, I mean, Leonard Fournette would be, I was looking at the list, I was like, this feels like such a natural fit for this Cowboys offense. I mean, I could see it very easily. Thunder uh, and lightning. Couple, they get a couple weeks in OTAs and they go, oh, wait a minute, we don't have that like true power back. Let's just, all right, we'll pay the money. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how much, I don't know what their salary cap situation looks like, but it might very well just be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I mean, you got Zach Cunningham, linebacker out of Tennessee as well. A lot of Titans mm. on the free agent market yeah, this year. Yeah, they're uh, <laughs> finding a little bit. They are. They're, they're starting over. <laughs> yeah, but there are still a number of guys in free agency that could very well be some nice plug-and-plays for these Dallas Cowboys, for sure. I know you've got a number of guys that you were looking at, Dylan. I do. I do. There, there's a few guys that, one of the first names, like I already mentioned, the Fournette, the first name that hops off the page to me right after Fournette is uh, a guy that I loved while he was here, a guy that you could get at, I mean, just an absolute fraction of what you were going to be paying him just a few years ago, and that's Byron Jones. I've thought for a while, and I still think, I get that we have our number one and number two cornerback. What's wrong with having three good corners? I don't, I don't see an issue in that at all. I don't, and I and I like where we're at right now. But I mean, 
But isn't he? I think he kind of shot himself in the foot by that tweet saying, "Hey, don't go to your doc. Don't listen to the NFL doctors." Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm in more pain. I can't jump. I can't do this and that. It almost seems like he might lean towards retirement. Yeah, he's basically retired without filing yeah. for retirement. So I think that's the hesitation there for the Cowboys or, or anyone else. I think the Cowboys, if they're smart, they probably would have reached out to him. Yeah, you, you would have hoped. But you also got a Marcus Peters out there, also thirty. So once again, you're gambling a little bit. These guys aren't in their mid twenties, but I mean, you don't have a ton of guys in their mid twenties still in free agency that are worth anything. I think moving on from the corner position, they're. Like Tristan, my eyeballs are searching for where's a good offensive lineman because we all three here sit around and all agree that, like, looking a little thin there, really would like to bolster that up. A Cameron Fleming wouldn't be the worst person to just look at. Yeah. And then beyond that, you know, I know that we've got a lot of guys on this defensive line, but there are a few guys floating around that if you could get them at a really nice price, I wouldn't be too upset. What if you could get, like, a Jadavian Clowney in your rotation at a nice price? What if you can get Yannick Ngakwe in your team? He's only 28. What if you can get him into your rotation? Not obviously a starter, and maybe you know maybe his price is too high, and that's why they haven't considered him. But those are some guys I'm looking at in that size. And then one other name that really stuck out to me, and Tristan brought it up right before he went on the air. I don't know what kind of price tag this would look like, but a guy like Kenny Galladay to me just a few years ago was an absolutely brilliant player. And I think that there's room to have a bounce back. And I think that there's a team that can pay a low amount of money for a still a very talented wide receiver. And I don't mind the idea of adding a new receiver. Like, make, you know, make Gallup fight for that third position. We shouldn't just be like, well, Gallup's our third highest paid wide receiver. Really, he's not. He's really our most, he's our most highest paid receiver right now until yeah, right Gallup. Now. But anyways, we shouldn't just give Gallup the number three spot because you're supposed to be our three. Like, why I not? Think, I think when you, McCarthy even talked about that today is that he felt that Gallup a little bit— last year obviously wasn't his best year. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that had to do with the injury. But they're thinking that they can use Gallup a lot more and they could do ask more of him. It's not just put him in the slot or put him in this position and run run your route. They can— push them around in different positions, and especially with Brandon Cooks in, in the lineup now. You, you hope that, that he, his role can expand. I, I myself wouldn't mind another receiver. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't think you can have too many in today's league uh, that really can come in. And, and remember, I think the best Cowboys offense that I've seen in recent years went all the way down to Cedric Wilson when mm-hmm. you had uh, – you had basically four guys when Amari Cooper was here and CeeDee Lamb and then Michael Gallup and then Cedric Wilson. And even after him, was was it Malik Turner? Yeah, Malik Turner. Uh, who yeah. ended up going to San Francisco. So the the point I'm, I'm making is that you can never have too many of those guys, and, and those are guys that, that you could really look at. Is there a team in the division, though, that I was looking at at the division. I looked at the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm looking at what they did and I, I, I think in the more we talked about the Giants, and, and I don't know if maybe I'm the only one in this, this conversation that would think this, but we talked about the Giants having, I think, kind of a comeback to reality year mm-hmm. when the schedule isn't so easy and they're looking at it and it's, it's pretty tough now. And I, I think they're going to fall back down to earth a little bit. Any way the Eagles do that, do you see that maybe – Maybe the Eagles are not the team. The only reason I say this is because it seems like, I know it's early, but again, every year 
there's always that one team that's, this is the best team. They've got the best players. They did the best in free agency in the draft and so on. And they always, you always see they, they don't really hit those expectations. Eagles are that team right now. Preseason, you would have to say they're, they're the number one team. Any way you see them having a rough year and the Cowboys taking advantage of that? I think the biggest, I think the biggest factor into why Philadelphia may have peaked, right? Or, we hope. or, or may or, or you yeah. maybe make Cowboys hope. Hope, right? <laughs> why they peaked. I mean, they had some excellent coordinators, right? Mm-hmm. Now those guys are gone. They're head coaches elsewhere. Congratulations, all 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 well wishes to That's you. how good they were. Yeah, that's how good they were. Uh Shane Steichen over in uh in Indianapolis and um Gannon, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yes. over in Arizona. Yes. So Losing those two strategic minds, I understand Nick Sirianni, good head coach. All due respect, I know there are some people that feel however they want to feel about him. I think he's a good head coach. He's a good head coach. I'm not going to say anything Give else. Give him his props. <laughs> um, but losing your coordinators is a big deal. And losing the guys that understood exactly how to maximize the talents within their, their, their units uh, is a big deal. I think if there's any reason why... They stumble, or maybe they they get up to maybe a rough start, or maybe just can't quite again reach the Super Bowl, which is already tough enough yeah, to I get mean. to as it is. I think it's just going to come down to well, you've got new faces leading these these units. That that's really what I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm looking at possibly Jalen Hurts, and I know yeah. that everyone in this league it seems like we want to crown the guy so quickly. It's like the old Denny Green. You want to crown their ass, crown their ass. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, Chicago Bears-Arizona Cardinals game. I-, I think that he's a good quarterback, but he's really essentially had one year. One mm-hmm. year. And the previous two were not very good. I mean, he was all over the place. I give him a lot of credit for improving this last year. I think his squad around him definitely helped him. But we talked about this quite a bit. The Eagles had a relatively easy schedule, as yes. did the Cowboys, kind of. They had the easiest schedule probably ever, or at least walked to the to the Super Bowl that we've mm-hmm. ever seen. And that's how I really about, felt about it. Yeah, You talk about some of those playoff teams they played. and You played essentially a, a team with no quarterback. Yeah, you got a forfeit uh, win into the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean. In the NFC Championship game. And look, I think Jalen Hurts played great in the Super Bowl. I just am wondering, can he do that again? And that's the big question. If he does, I think they'll be okay. If he doesn't, if he falters just a bit, I think the Eagles have major problems. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think this is a team that you can just – I don't think this is a league anymore where you can just ask your quarterback to be average and just not make any mistakes. You have to have that guy. I think Dak is that guy. He's been consistent enough through seven years. Now the playoffs, he's going to have to show a little bit more. Jalen Hurts, that that to me is the biggest question, and I think that that is a legitimate question going into the season. Anyone that says that says, "Oh, you're a homer" or whatever, ah, forget that, man. Mm-hmm. I, I want one more. I want more than just one season. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time: baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I, I feel the same way that you do. I feel like Jalen Hurts played fantastic last year. 
thought he looked great throughout the playoffs. But I think the two big things there, one, we've had one good year of it, like you said, and two, what really, to me, would be the biggest reason that the Eagles would fail to meet expectations would simply be the fact that, like, they were really good last year. But those two playoff games that they played to enter the Super Bowl were jokes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you play a way overachieving Giants team, a Giants team that might that could very well have a losing record this year and no one would be shocked, and you got a forfeit W. You, I, I, will, I will, to my grave, never call that a win because they forfeited their way into that Super Bowl. I'm sorry. The 49ers ran yeah. out of quarterbacks. And how do we know that's important? Because of the brand new rule that we yeah, they changed yeah, the rule. They yeah. just changed the make rule sure to make sure like that never happens. Again. Yeah, that's how significant it was. The NFL changed the rule on it. The like literally that yeah. following the, off the ratings fell so quickly after Brock Purdy went down. Exactly, <laughs> they, they just started plummeting, and so the NFL immediately addressed that issue. So, like to me, they won't. They they have a good chance of not meeting expectations simply because I think, like the Giants, kind of in their own way. They kind of outshot expectations. I mean, what if they had to play, no offense, two good teams in two hard games? Would they have gone to the Super Bowl? We don't know. Yeah, and that's I, I, that's my biggest thing with them. As I, I always, I love the fact that people are, are jumping all over the Eagles. I love it because usually that's when those things prove wrong. There's only, and I know I'm sitting next to a Patriot fan. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't the, understand. That's the only time that you guys, a team that has consistently lived up to those expectations, because you had a pretty good quarterback and you had a oh, pretty some, good head yeah. coach. <laughs> he was pretty good. And, and those were, those were the, that's what happened. And when you yeah. get those kinds of things, I don't think that either one of those, the head coach or the quarterback yeah. for the Eagles, are at that level yet. It could be one day maybe, but I doubt it. So Look, what th- we have, the situation is the Eagles, I think, are very – I don't see them as a lock in the NFC East. There's only one quarterback in today's NFL right now that elevates his roster to a Super mm-hmm. Bowl, and he just won it again. It's 2 p.m. Yeah, it's Patrick it's Mahomes. The king, yeah. it, it, there's As much as I love Jalen Hurts, and I, mm-hmm. every other quarterback in the NFL right now, very talented, but the only guy who won with mm-hmm. Kadarius Toney, Juju Smith-Schuster, <laughs> Marquez Valdez-Scantling, yeah, and Sky Moore last year. It's 2 p.m., uh, man. With all due respect to Travis Kelsey <laughs> being a, a phenomenal tight end. On a messed up end. ankle. On a messed up He's ankle. incredible, man. Is Patrick Mahomes. There's uh, just there's just no other quarterback in the NFL that can do it. Right this, now, everybody's punching up trying to find their next pass. Absolutely. Pass. And this brings me, the reason I mentioned the Eagles, this brings me to the final question. And this has been batted around quite a bit since Aaron Rodgers left the NFC. We're talking about uh, the NFC quarterbacks, lots of AFC quarterbacks. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's where that's where they all live. All the yeah, great ones. Oh yeah. Out there. What about the NFC quarterbacks? There was a lot of talk this last week. Who is the best quarterback in the NFC? Mm-hmm. And they were ranked. And our boy Dak Prescott, in many cases, wasn't ranked second, sometimes third. That people were putting Kirk Cousins over him, obviously mm. Jalen Hurts over him, maybe Matthew Stafford. Where do you guys mm. put Dak Prescott in the echelon of NFC quarterbacks? Is there a guy that you see is clearly better than him that you would put number one, <sighs> number two? Where do you where do you guys rank Dak Prescott in the NFC as far as quarterbacks? Uh, I don't know if I would say one. I would say he's better than Kirk Cousins. I I would say 
Matthew Stafford is an interesting conversation when you compare the two. Well, I would right now, right Matthew now, Stafford. yeah, not, I, not career thing. Yeah, yeah, not entire career. I'm just talking just right now. I would I would say just based off of where he's at health wise, I would go with Dak. But here's the thing: you mentioned it earlier, like your 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 NFC quarterbacks are Geno Smith and like we mentioned earlier, Kirk Cousins. So it's like it's not like it's that tough for Dak to be like Dak really should be. The best quarterback yeah. in the NFC right now. The NFC is very well. I mean, the, the, the entire NFL right now is very one-sided as far as the quarterback debate. Absolutely, part, part, my conference. Derek Carr could arguably be a top five NFC quarterback right now. Oh, I think that's a fair yeah. fair thing to say. Yeah. So, but that being said, it if we're talking about right now, I mean, Jalen Hurts just put up an an, an MVP caliber. Yeah, he has to be one. He has to be one. So it's by default. But I do think Dak is yeah better than Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. But and then Kyler, I mean. Where are we at with Kyler? Is Kyler well? He missed last year, so I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, no, I I look at this, and again, this is why I could make an argument for Dak, and I would probably listen to it, is because of the consistency. We know what we're getting with Dak. I don't. I know that he has not had the playoff success that we wanted him to. I know that there's also a lot of reasons for that. It's not just on him. Yes, he didn't play very well in those last two games. Yes, you got to have a lot around him. But who among us, among the NFC quarterbacks, doesn't need a lot around him? None. And that's why I would say I have no problem with you putting him as the best in the NFC. When you look at Jalen Hurts is basically the only guy that I'm hearing that may be the guy just because of last season. Yes. But again, it, I know we've seen great one years. We've seen guys have great one seasons and then just kind of go away or just never meet up to those standards again. I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen to him, but it is a very real possibility. Look at the uh, the quarterback landscape in the NFL and how things quickly change. Mm-hmm. We think about one guy as a savior and then the next year he's a bum. I mean, think of Carson Wentz when he was mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. He was cruising for an MVP uh, award until he went down. They were they went to the Super Bowl, won it anyway with Nick Foles, but he was considered better than Dak. He was mm-hmm. considered like the golden boy. Mm-hmm. A year later, two years later, I mean, he's traded. He's gone. Is he even on a team right now? Is yeah. he, is he mean, on Washington? He's, he's, I mean, no, I don't I, think he's I think he's, he's still, still a free agent, agent right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's where so, he's at right now. Jimmy Life G. comes at you fast, right? <laughs> yeah. ah, Jimmy G was the second coming in San Francisco. A year later, he loses the Super Bowl, and they say, ah, we want to get him out. We'll mm-hmm. Get this Trey Lance guy in here. I'm just saying that those things can happen in this league. And I think that, to me, all of this, my outlook on Jalen Hurts is really going to depend on this season. And let's hope he doesn't get an injury. But if he goes through the whole season, he plays like last season, of course. But if he doesn't, which I don't necessarily know is an automatic, I think he's – then you, there is some debate. That's why I have – I I feel comfortable putting Dak as the best in the NFC. Those names you mentioned, again, the consistency is there with Dak. You look at the numbers, he has it all. He just doesn't have those playoff We just need the playoff Yeah, we need those numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got two of them. He needs a few more uh, and a Super Bowl. That's going to do it for us this week. I'm stumbling all over my words. I I used them all on the DAC debate. Sorry about that. (laughs) That's Tristan Rines, Dylan Reed. I'm Austin York. Until next time, have a good one.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.